Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That is from Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And this is Shear Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. We are so happy that you could take the time to join us for the program today. This is Patty Scalzo, and if you have been listening to our program, you know that we have been doing an in-depth Bible study on what the scriptures say about heavenly authority. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been setting a solid background foundation by going through the Old Testament. We are currently in the section concerning the priests and the Levites, and we left off the last time with the tabernacle having been erected and Aaron and his sons having been prepared by Moses for their consecration and ordination. We pick up today in Exodus chapter 40 and verse 16. So have your Bibles ready and you may also want to have a pencil and paper handy because at the end of the program I will be giving you an address where you can write to us. So now let's go into the study. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. And then you go down to verse 30. He set the lava between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar and put the water there for washing. And Moses and Aaron and his sons would wash their hands and their feet with water from it. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting and when they came near the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he raised up the cord all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen of the cord gate. So Moses finished the work. The tabernacle's all set up. And then what happens? Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. A tremendous inundating of the presence of God on this tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. Only then could they disassemble it. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey to the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. The Shekinah glory of God over that tabernacle. And when you end this book of Exodus there, it doesn't really stop there. It goes right into Leviticus, the first chapter, where it says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting. You can see them all on the ground there as the presence of God is above this tabernacle. And out of that presence, the Lord speaks to Moses and says, Speak to the children of Israel and say, when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it 
of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. He shall skin the burnt offering and cut it to pieces. The sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire on the altar. They shall lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priest Aaron's sons shall lay the parts, the head, and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire of the altar. And the priest shall burn all the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. If the offering is of the flocks, of the sheep or of the goats, it goes down and says, he shall kill it on the north side of the altar before the Lord, etc., etc. And really, throughout this book of Leviticus, you have these instructions for the priest, how he was to handle all these different sacrifices, the burnt offering, the sin offering, the peace offering, the wave offering, very specific ritual details, procedures. A matter of fact, the Talmud refers to Leviticus as the law of the priests. Very specific sacrifices Aaron and his sons are to perform. And let's make a quick note here about rituals and ceremonies. Since we see there's a great deal of detail here about what they're to go through in this ritual. God knows the mind of man. He knows how we love ceremonies. He knows how we love rituals. And in this Levitical system, he uses them here as a child conductor, as a tutor, as a teacher for the people. The ritual can be an illustrator to show us very important principles. Paul reminds us of this in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24, he says, Therefore the law, and we're reading the law in the book of Exodus, the book of Leviticus, the law was our tutor. And I were there in a household, there would be the guardian responsible for the care and the discipline of the children in a large household. That's what that word means, a tutor. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So when you see Christian or somewhat Christian churches try to establish a priesthood like the Levitical priesthood, it's really not proper. In Christ, we are justified by faith and we are no longer under the tutor. And if a priesthood was to continue on, it would have to be the one established by God. When I say priesthood, I mean a ceremonial priesthood where one ministers for the people before God. It would have to be the one prescribed here for Aaron and his sons, an ordinance forever. But these rituals and what's given to us in the law can work as a child conductor, as a tutor, to illustrate important points. And the Levitical rituals and the regulations were outward signs that, number one, had spiritual meaning. There is a spiritual law that is as true and as applicable to us as Christians now as it was back then at the time of Moses. And some of these rituals and regulations are reminders. They're a way of remembering those spiritual points. Sometimes our memories need help. 
and a ritual or a regulation, a ceremony, can help us remember sometimes the important points that God has for us. When they set up this Levitical system, most importantly appointed to Messiah, and we'll speak about the priesthood of Messiah, and some of the things were symbols of Messiah. Some of the aspects of the law were practical rules. You see, the washing, if they were going to eat of some of these sacrifices, some of them they would partake of, just like we eat today, meat. Some people cringe when they read the sacrifices, but any of the meat we eat today had to be killed. Well, in the slaughter of the animals, at least they were recognizing that it was because of sin that the poor animal had to die. Wasn't it important that Aaron would wash his hands and would wash himself before they touched this food? So there were practical rules besides, obviously, the spiritual symbolism of washing that to approach God we have to come repentant and have our sins washed away. And obviously there was an aspect of obedience for Israel to be obedient to the different procedures and rules that God gave. Rituals become bad when the focus gets placed on the ritual. This is what happened to Israel. In a type of religiousness devoid of any meaning, devoid of God, a ritual for a ritual's sake, to make someone feel good. Rituals also become bad when they're not ordained by God, and we'll speak about that a little later. When you have the teachings and traditions of men replacing the teachings of God, devoid of any meaning. But here we see God gave them very specific commandments of how they were to proceed in this tabernacle. And they had to follow it exactly to show their obedience and to show their concern for the holiness and the sanctity of God. You take one of the symbols we just read, the ritual of the sacrifice. How the spiritual meaning of laying on hands to say, I have to die to myself, how my sins need to be atoned for, how I'm not so good, God, but this poor innocent animal dies in my place. That spiritual attitude of repentance is true for us today. We don't do sacrifices today like they did at the time of Leviticus, but the spiritual law of repentance is as true for us as for Aaron and his sons when they place their hands, or the people when they place their hands upon the offering to say, I should die instead of that innocent animal. I'm a sinner, Lord. Forgive me. Repentance is the same today. We have that same need today as they had back then. Obviously, that ceremony, that sacrifice, was a tremendous symbol of the work of Messiah, Jesus, who was the true Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And even when you look at the details of the sacrifices and the details, and we won't do it now, of Aaron's garments, you see symbolisms of the ministry of Jesus. There's a lot of beautiful detail in the tabernacle, how the tabernacle is set up that points to the ministry of Messiah. In the New Testament, we have the simple ceremonies of baptism and communion. It's much simpler, it's much clearer, it's much cleaner. We don't have all these, these details and procedures because they were child conductors, they were tutors. Now that faith has come, we no longer need that tutor. Okay. 
we'll pick up on this, Lord willing, next week. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for all the parts of your scripture and how there's something to learn from every section of your holy word. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. What an interesting point at which to leave the study. In our next broadcast, Pastor Greg will be continuing the series on heavenly authority. And we'll continue to read from Leviticus about the ordination of Aaron and his sons. So if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from in-depth Bible teaching, please tell them about our program. And as always, we love to receive letters of encouragement from our listeners. Also, if you appreciate hearing Shir Jeshub on your local station, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of Shir Jeshub. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shear Jeshub, Post Office Box, 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405. Again, that's Shear Jashub, S H E A R hyphen J A S H U B. Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405. And please include the call letters of your radio station. And if you will be in the Connecticut area, let me invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the town of Madison at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right and at the next light, turn right again. The Memorial Hall is the yellow brick and white building and we meet on the upper floor. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return.